Ortho Laser Orthopedic Laser Centers is proud to sponsor the Ortho Show podcast. Ortho Laser Orthopedic Laser Centers is killing it right now. We have six centers open with two more opening in the next eight weeks with 10 more sites in the queue across the country. We're exclusively powered by the MLS M8 laser technology. Laser treatment is an awesome alternative to traditional cortisone shots and surgery for all of your acute and chronic orthopedic pain needs for your patients. To find out how you can supercharge your orthopedic practice and become a part of the OrthoLaser community, go to the OrthoLaser website at www.ortholaserwithaz.com. That's www.ortholaserwithaz.com. From Medical Media, this is The Ortho Show. Okay, hello world. Dr. Scott Sigmund, your favorite opioid-sparing orthopedic surgeon, back for another episode of The Ortho Show podcast. We are going international tonight. This is really, we're pulling off a big one. We got Mika the producer in Los Angeles. You got your fro in the closet in Boston. And we have Mr. Matt Ravenscroft all the way from Manchester, England. Hello, Mr. Ravenscroft. Good afternoon. Well, good evening. Actually, it's the evening for me, 10 o'clock in the evening. I know. I hope you're having a glass of wine and relaxing. We appreciate you being on with us. I did. Yeah, I've got a glass of wine. I've just played. Uh, come back from playing golf at uh, Royal Liverpool Hoylake with a friend of mine. So uh, it's, been, it's been a fun afternoon. Oh, good for you! Is it still light out there? What? What? How light does it stay out at this time? Uh, it, it, it's pitch black. Pitch it black is, right now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Good, good, good. Well, thank you so much for being on, Matt. We've we've talked about uh, Matt uh, in our one of our episodes with Sharif Bashay. We talked about our experience in arthroscopic lattergé, and and uh, Matt is is a absolute world renowned uh, shoulder specialist. He travels the world educating. At least we used to back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, educating doctors and on his techniques. He's a marvelous innovator, entrepreneur. So we're going to talk about all that great stuff, but uh, it's really a pleasure to have you on, Matt. No, I mean, it's a pleasure, uh, Siggy. I mean, it's, it's nice. I mean, I, I've, I've heard some of your things and it, it's, it's wacky, but it's like a, a great sort of forum. You know, people are getting a lot from it, which is which is great. And especially this time of uh, of our lives when we can't do anything, it's, it's a real sort of breath, breath of you know, fresh air to have chances to just chat again, isn't it? It's awesome. No, it really is very cool. And that's what we're doing. We're just really, you know, talking with with uh, really excellent, outstanding orthopedic surgeons now from around the world who who can share their experiences. We want to educate our listeners and have a good time while we're doing it. So let's talk a little bit, you know, so first of all, is Sashi, is Sashi still working? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, and he's still keeping those blood pressures low <laughs> so so sashi was an anesthesiologist in the room when we went over to to watch matt and learn how to do arthroscopic latergé and he just has his mask below his nose and he's just sitting over there and and just hanging out it was a it was a classic moment in the operating room i'll never forget your response but uh are you doing a lot of stuff at the nhs you do more private practice now are you mixed what do you do well well since uh since you guys came over um last june i left the nhs full completely so I'm, I'm full-time private now. Um, it's just one of those things that, you know, you, you get on in your career and you have a certain uh, time. So I did 15 years as a consultant in the NHS and, and, and you know, and the NHS is a great facility, um, but I just wanted to be in control of my own self. Yeah, no, 
And dude, you pay your dues. I mean, you were there for a long time and you did amazing work. Just so everybody knows, the NHS is the National Health System or Service in Britain. So that's where, uh, for the nationalized health service, that's where everybody gets their care. Uh, but you can still be in private practice and have yep. a separate. And that's where uh, Matt was sort of, you were going back and forth between the two. Yes, and now right. you moved in. And it looks like you're, I was taking a look at your, your Orth Team Center. It looked pretty impressive. Is that uh, yeah. something new going on? So, so, so that was new. And that was something we'd worked on. You know, so my private group, Orth Team, we've been around for quite a good few years. But we always wanted to have our own diagnostic facility. Not somewhere with, with, not somewhere with theaters. Because for us, uh, you have a theater, then there's a lot of red tape. There's a lot of expense. And, you, you know, you've got to – it's difficult to make money on us on in, in our country – on um a small you know one or two theaters just does not make money so we went through a diagnostic route so we've got a big center now we've got you know ct mr uh, fluoroscopy we we do a stack we, we have a painting to stack of injections so basically we're yes so for us it's very much a, we, have, we have a fantastic center to see patients and we give them a, a kind of one-stop shop um but we're in control of it you know it's oh, that's awesome and again, the theater, just for everybody, that's the operating room over in uh, across yeah. the pod. That's what they call yeah. it. And, yeah. and and again, Mr. Ravenscroft is actually a surgeon. You're, you're called a mister uh, as a surgeon over over in England. I'm not sure if you know, but uh, I actually now am a mister myself. I became a fellow of the Royal College of Surgeons in Ireland. Nice one. Nice so, one. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a lot of that was a lot of fun, too. That was a great time over in uh, in Dublin when we were uh, when we were uh, brought into the crew. So that was great. So so. You know, look, you're you're doing some really, really cool stuff. Where do we want to start? I mean, so one of the topics that I find kind of kind of interesting right now, obviously you're a huge fan of, of Ladder J, one of the earliest adopters mm-hmm. of arthroscopic Ladder J. And we talked yep. about this many times, how you really helped to to simplify that operation to make it available for most docs. What are your thoughts? I mean, there was just Brian Cole just published a study on a meta-analysis looking at, you know, Ladder J versus just a, just the bone block transferred. It looks like you know, again, it's level four evidence, but it does look like there's similar results. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's certainly a lot easier than transferring that conjoint yeah, tendon yeah. over and doing all that. Have you thought about that, or are you just like I'm all in on arthroscopic letters yet? So I'm doing both now. So uh, so I do isolated bone block, and I, and and I use uh, tapes, circlage tapes. You know, I, I kind of uh, wanted to try and well, okay, I, I'll take it one step back. When I looked at my results. Uh, my, you know, the first 100 or 150 Latagees, my main complication rates were hardware, you know, were, were screw problems. So I thought, well, maybe I should get away from the screws. And, of course, now the ta- the companies have got great tapes. Uh, I use the Arthrex one. It's got, you know, the, the tapes are good. And you're right, the bone block, just doing a bone block with some tapes it is so much easier. You know, you don't have to worry about the the, the split in the subscale. You don't have to, you don't have to worry about the nerve. I mean, you know, I, I kind of always quite like to see that little nerve, and I always search it out, and I can find it from anywhere in the shoulder. Um, but it, it it's so much easier just to open the interval and just, like, push the block through. And, of course, because you're using tapes, as you pull on them, it, it's like a, uh, it's like a flip, like an ender button. It, it just kind of comes in. It zips but, in, yeah. Zips in. But I, I – so in my kind of – so, so I do both. So if I've got someone who's got, um, they've got quite good tissue anterior. They, they've got a labrum. They've got some bone loss. So I'll do a bone block and I'll put the labrum, the soft tissue over the top of it. If they've got really 
bad sort of soft, you know, really crappy soft tissue, flimsy, the labrum's rubbish. I'll do a lash shake because I want that sort of conjoint tendon type sling effect as well. So, yeah. so I'm doing both. I mean, I've oh, the sling effect just seems to make so much sense, right? As yeah. I go into abduction, external rotation, so yeah. it pushes, pushes the humeral head back in. But it's hard to argue when you start seeing the numbers and the data. And then, you know, Ivan Wong, you know, you know, Ivan, I'm sure very well mm-hmm. up in Halifax and his Halifax portal. And I was just with him at a meeting when we were still doing meetings and I watched him do one. And I'm like, you know, it just seems so much easier. And we've done a few now and, uh, you know, it's it's a half the time and hopefully the results will be will similar as they go along. But I think that's great. That's a, that's sort of fascinating that we can dial down so deeply now into shoulder instability as to the bone quality and the soft tissue quality. You have three hours in your quiver and you decide which one you're going to use for each specific patient. Exactly. And it's like, you know, it's like um, when you go to a restaurant, you know, you, you, we have a menu. And yes. so on that menu, I can choose uh, a stabilization. I can choose, you know, I'll do a soft tissue. I'll, I'll do a, a bone block with a, with a label repair on top of it, or I'll do uh, a lattice in it. And it's, and it's specific to that patient. So I'm not, what I'm not seeing is I haven't just got a, you know, a nice hammer and everything looks like a shiny nail. So I do the same thing for everyone. I'll do the right thing for the right, for that patient. And not everyone needs, you know, if you, if I've got a, a guy in his late thirties, forties, he's a desk job, you know, no overhead sport, non-collision athlete. Yeah. He doesn't need a bone block. He can just do the straightforward bank cart. You know, he's very, very low risk of having recurrent instability. Agreed. He doesn't need all those things. Yeah, no, that's great. And that's, that's what we're really trying to educate over here in the States. It's becoming more, more prevalent at this point that the, the people that are doing real instability are really trying to to have as many options that are available and tailor the surgery to the patient and not, not the other way around. So that's great stuff. I, I, now I'm just remembering the axillary nerve. One thing I remember is we were doing a rotator cuff and just for, just for, for shits and giggles, you wanted to show off a little bit and you, you popped the scope down through the lateral bursa so you could show everybody the axillary nerve. (laughs) Like that's gotta be one of your showcases. You love doing that. What's it? So, uh, and not just the nerve and its branches of the nerve. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Trust me. The Americans, they hear axillary nerve and they run for the door. You know, they want nothing to do with that. But, no, but I think, though, you know, because we had, we had lots of chats about this, Scott. But, um, I, I think when you know where that nerve is, and I think that is, you know, if you're doing the bone block, but at least you should know where the thing is. So then you can be so much more bold. So, so when I got doing Arthur Lachey's, and you really dissecting out the nerve. It then made my subscat repair better, my bicep tenesis better, my coracoid sling work with AC joint instability better. So that operation made me a better surgeon for doing other anterior shoulder arthroscopy work. I completely agree. Understanding the anterior space, because remember, Mm. we're not in the joint. This is the anterior space really makes you a more complete shoulder surgeon. And I thank you for that, for those exact, just we, we did a subscap repair that was scarred in the other day. We found the nerve, found the conjoint tendon, took our time, exposed it. And then we were able to, to bring it out, get it out to the footprint. And that patient's doing really well. And it's exactly because we spent the time learning this technique. So great, great stuff. So, all right, now let's talk about, there's two more things that you've got going in the shoulder. You're like all over the place. You're doing great. You got patents. You're, you're working with people. I love that about you. You know, you're really trying to set the trend. So when I was over there, you were still sort of tooling around with the in-space balloon for these chronic rotator cuff tears that, that really weren't going to do well. It was sort of 
you know, sort of <clears throat> pre-SCR and you were considering using the balloon really just for that as sort of a space. So I think you've moved on, you know, from that at this point, but would love to hear it. But your your newest thing is the BAR, which is the, the Bursal Acromial yeah. Reconstruction. So you got to tell everybody about that because that's kind of an interesting play. It's different. It, it is. And like, so, so, you know, so with the balloon in the UK, we were kind of, you know, I was one of the early adopter centers and uh, and we did a lot. You know, I did about 50 in a row quite quickly. And initially we thought, well, yeah, this thing's okay. It, it's damn easy to do. You know, it's really easy to put in. The problem is it goes away. It dissolves. So after six weeks, and we had 50% of our patients at six weeks said they they felt a sudden onset deterioration. And people said they felt the thing pop. Mm. They felt it go, and the pain came back. So you got 50% uh, failure of your sort of symptom return. But we had a few complications, but they were they were quite small. But you know, I'm kind of thinking that if someone is if something is only working 50% of the time, then we've got to think about something else. We've got to think about something more permanent. And and the balloon was a uh, a spacer. It's an interposition spacer. So we wanted a permanent one. So I was working with the guys uh, in Arthrex, and we were looking at having a permanent graft. So yes, with the SCR, you know, we, we, everyone knows about the SCR and you know all this reverse trampoline effect. But still, a significant part of the effect of an SCR is the soft tissue interposition. You know, Rafi showed that for me when it fails off the glenoid, they still do well. When it fails off the humeral side, they don't do well. So what I did was I took I took the graft, the uh, and it's a thick graft, you know, the four mil thick graft, and 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 basically fix it on the undersurface of the acromion. So in that respect, I've got this sort of cushion under the acromion. So at all positions of the humeral mo- sort of motion, the, uh, and, and it's, it's it's a sort of a, a a term I coined HAC humeral acromial contact. So people get pain when they have this HAC pain, so humeral acromial contact pain, lift their arm up. Humerus hits the acromion, they get the pain. So if we fix the graft on the acromion, it's very simple, just with suture tapes, nothing, no anchors, dead quick. It stops that humeral acromial contact pain. And I did a kind of a, a like-for-like study on my balloon patients versus now my BAR. Same age group, same numbers. In BAR, I think I had, it was about 2% failure rate return to symptoms, no complications. So, And it takes me... 15 20 minutes to do it um so it's a quick easy operation i've now two and a half year results and they're still doing very well well the balloons did well failed my BRs are doing well doing better doing better still yeah that's great and just for the audience again so what we're talking about is for patients that have irreparable rotator cuff your rotator cuff is torn so badly that you can't yeah. fix it and so what we were doing is taking a piece of skin putting it in and, and what's called the superior capsular reconstruction is called the SCR. In essence, what, what they're doing is basically creating a new ceiling, if you will, if you think about a house. So it's the new ceiling that goes in to try and, and prevent the, the humerus from moving. And what, what Dr. or Matt Ravenscroft is doing, Mr. Ravenscroft has done, is mm-hmm. he's almost he's created a new roof. And so it's just placing it into a, a different spot. It's a much easier operation technically. Yep. Uh, and the results sound good. So... You know, again, it's like anything else. New ideas take time. Uh, one, you know, SCR just went crazy. Yeah. 
you know, the number of cases over 10,000 in a short period of time. It's the number one talked about operation in shoulder. And so uh, I think it's great that you're having another new idea. You're, you know, the results speak for themselves. So hopefully that will certainly catch on and, and become a, a novel process. I will take a look at your video and uh, maybe we'll find the next patient and we'll consider jumping on board. But And also what I do for, because when you do an SCR, superior capture reconstruction, yeah, the graft I get is a 80 by 40 mil. So it's quite a big graft. I, I never use that much. I, I'm kind of 40 by 30 mil. So you always have a bit of stuff left over. So, you know, we also with the SCR talk about this like younger age group and, the, you know, the people who are pseudo paralyzed. And, you know, can you uh, can you sort of you know improve the pseudo paralysis with an SCR? Well, there is a bit of a head depressor effect of the SCR. So what I do now in those younger age group who are pseudo paralyzed who had an SCRB, I, I double stack it. So I've got two thicknesses of graft. So I've got eight mil thickness of graft, which is a similar to Mahata's eight mil fasciolata. And he sure. he showed he showed, you know, that you could uh, reverse the pseudo paralysis. So you know, in in my sort of you know, it's a bit like going back to the bone block. You know, you, you've got you've got these options now in your menu. So Younger patients who are paralyzed, paralyzed, I'll do SCR, BAR, double stack. Your, your normal 60-year-old who's got a massive irreparable cofta, SCR on its own. The elderly, late 70s, odd, I'll do a BAR. If they're arthritic, I'll do a reverse. So, you know, I, I've kind of got an option for all those patients. And again, it's not just they need a reverse. You know, um, I'd much rather do it in a, you know, 78-year-old person a 20-minute arthroscopic operation to help their pain rather than a reverse, which has got in it as well. Don't, you know, don't get me wrong, but it's a big operation for them. You know, yeah, you're absolutely right. But but I think that the, the lesson that we're hearing here over and over again from you, Matt, is that uh, you just there's a lot of ways to be able to help patients. Yeah. And, and the best thing that you can do as a skilled shoulder specialist or knee specialist, hip, whatever it is, Make sure that you have multiple options and really tailor the operation to the individual needs of that patient because mm. you really can make a difference. And it's interesting with your BAR and SCR, you're absolutely right. I mean, the graft, there's plenty of graft. You don't need to open another graft. Nope. Uh, you got enough tissue to be able to do that. So that's an interesting uh, concept, and we'll definitely take a look at that. So great conversation there. One more thing that I want to talk about before we go, which I, I know is very exciting for you, is that the infinity lock for the AC joint reconstructions that you're doing at this point. Yep. So um, are, now I don't want the Americans to steal the thunder here. You know, I saw Paul Favorito's of a video. Yeah, that's good, terrific. wasn't it? That was really good, wasn't it? That was pretty cool. Paul's amazing. Mm. Uh, scratch golfer, scratch surgeon, and uh, just he does a lot of cool stuff. Are you doing that arthroscopically? Are you doing it open? What are you doing these days? Yeah, um, I had a webinar the other day on this. Uh, I, I do either. And, uh, and someone asked me, so... so so when do you do arthroscopy when you open? It's like, you know, well, it depends which way the wind's blowing. You know, I'll do either. And um, if someone wants to see it arthroscopically, I'll do it arthroscopically. But don't forget, it's an arthroscopically assisted operation. The important bit, when you look at uh, Sharif's uh, video, he put post recent on ViewMedi. He spent time uh, opening up over the uh, clavicle, repairing the DT fascia. That's also very important. So I think with the AC joint, you can't just put in you know, a, a uh, endo button between the coracoid and the clavicle and hope it will do fine. Yeah, you guys are big fans of grafts, but the important bit is repairing that DT fascia. So um, so the arthroscopic bit is just to pass the graft around the coracoid. 
but I'm still going to open up the top, you know, two, three centimeter incision, repair the DT fascia, uh, double breast it. My knot stack is behind trapezius. So I'm not going to feel it. But the important bit about, you know, all these things with the AC joint, whatever technique you use, whatever implant you use, you've got to go medial on the clavicle. Um, I think the failures when you see a slight reduction of your initial fixation is because you've gone lateral. Um, if you looked at Paul's um, video, he went, you know, which is what we've been talking about, three and a half to four centimeters. And if you go about a centimeter from the clavicle, your graft will be, it's a hypotenuse of a triangle. So you have an isosceles triangle. Uh, and if you go a centimeter, you're, you're the hypotenuse. And all that happens is the graft will become vertical and you'll lose the clavicle fixation. So you've got to get that tunnel, as Sharif said, the tunnel through the clavicle has to be straight over the coracoid. To do that, you've got to go medial. So, uh, yeah, of course, yeah, I'm a big proponent of the Infinity Lock because I designed it. Whatever, whatever implant you use, go medial on the clavicle because then you'll get inline um, drill holes and good reduction, which will you which you'll maintain. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing to me that I've been doing this for 25 years and literally we're getting to this point now where we're finally potentially having something that's absolutely reliable. I mean, we have done, I have done every operation known to mankind yeah. on the AC joint and watched every single one of them fail at a high rate. And it's incredibly frustrating as a surgeon to have high, high failure rates. It's, it's, it is. it's not, not something that you want to do. What are your numbers as far as success and how long you've been doing it just for the audience? So, so for the infinity lock, you know, I guess I designed it probably, it must be four or five years ago now. Uh, and we've been doing it in the UK for um, a good three years. It, it's kind of now usurping the um, lockdown, which is what we used to do in the UK. The problem with the lockdown, which was called surgery league and then lockdown, is it was a, um, a cinch loop around the coracoid. Then you had a fixed length uh, tape, which went around the back of the clavicle with a screw. The problem is that pulled the clavicle forward and you had a screw. Didn't think quite like that. A few complications with that. So so we have the cinch, lock, cinch knot around the coracoid now. And you can go, if it is locks, you have infinite options. You can go through the clavicle, you can go over the clavicle, the tails you can take to the chromium, you can refit through the DT fascia. So you have lots of options. And uh, our results are very good. I, I had one failure. And he was a, he was a guy, he was uh, about six foot five, second row rugby player. I did an infinity lock on him. Uh, and about nine months post-op, he went wakeboarding. And he hit a wave at about 40 miles an hour. And it pinged. Um, so I revised it and I put two in. <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt, go big. I love it. <laughs> but but what I did on what I did on him uh, on on the on the bit of infinity lot that was broken, I sent it to the lab, and it showed in growth and on growth. So the important thing about these new tapes, the the, the weave tape, they're not a braid; it's a tape. So with an open weave tape, you get ingrowth of tissue, not just on growth. And that's the difference. So that's why in the UK, we don't use grafts. I haven't sure. used a graft for years. Uh, and I know Dr. Schneider commented on our uh, on, on Sharif's uh, view, Medi, about uh, grafts. And yes, and I know in the States, you're big proponents of grafts. I've never used one. I just don't need to. So, well, there you go. I mean, that's invaluable, you know, understanding and lesson. I think that, uh, you know, the idea of trying to do this open, which I've done a gazillion times, 
it's just so nice to arthroscopically expose the coracoid, be able to bring it around, loop it through so you're comfortable and comfortable, you know, exactly where that, that is, you're away from the nerve, and then go ahead and do the rest of it sort of in a mini open as you're describing up around the clavicle. I think yeah. that's a very, a very doable option. And how many have you done now, Matt, over the last uh, oh, years? God, it, it's it probably 50, 40, 50 easily. Yeah, so there you go. So a failure rate of one out of 50, no allografts being used. I think that's a really, uh, it's a great opportunity. So hopefully uh, the people at Kairos here in North America will get that uh, message out. Hook, are you listening? We've got you a little bit of time here, buddy. We're working it for you. But uh, I, I say, but, interesting yeah. on, on the uh, the complication uh, profile, there's a, a very good surgeon called and a friend of mine from northeast of the UK who did a uh, open AC joint reconstruction with another with the the uh, lockdown, and when he passed the, uh, the the pass around the coracoid. Of course, it's just semi-blind because you're doing it open. It's down a deep, dark pit, isn't it? You can't really yes, see very is. well. Absolutely. Uh, picked up the top of the plexus and wrapped oh, the plexus, and uh, no. so so basically caught the plexus, top of the plexus mm. with the grut, with passed it around the coracoid. So hence why you're right. The arthroscopic way, you can just see that coracoid. You can delineate it at the top, see a ligament, conjunct tendon, make two little windows, pass around direct vision, and then do the rest open. One of my favorite slides from your arthroscopic ladder J presentation is at the beginning where you have somebody looking through the keyhole of a door trying to be able to see what's outside, right? Uh And then you have them standing on top of the Grand Canyon, you know, looking and being able to see everything. The difference between uh, an arthroscopic visualization of what you're doing there versus the open visualization is really that dramatic. So I I guess the lesson that I would take that you gave to me is to learn that anterior space because it does really make you such a better surgeon in all other aspects of that shoulder. Well, Matt, this was awesome, man. I really, really appreciate your time, you know, all the way from Manchester, England, to be able to bring your opinions and thoughts. Uh, We greatly appreciate your leadership and shoulder. It's really been a pleasure having you on. Well, thanks a lot, Scott, Siggy. It's been um, it's been great. It's been a good good crack. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to open up a beer together one of these days soon in person. Hopefully that'll happen <laughs> sooner rather than later. Yeah, 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 exactly. Bring it on. <laughs> All right. So this is Dr. Scott Sigmund, host of The Ortho Show, hashtag follow the fro. It's a pleasure to have you on. Until next time.